Welcome to the podcast, Listen In, Father and Daughter Talk About Life. I'm Norman. I'm Sarah. We are father, Norman Viss, and daughter, Sarah Rapier. Our life experiences have spanned different continents and cultures, which has led to some interesting, educational, and sometimes challenging conversations between us. We thought it might be a good idea to share some of them with you. So we invite you to listen in as we chat about life. I'm retired, and Sarah is closer to 50 than 40, so we do have some life to chat about. For each episode, we choose a topic. Sometimes we just share stories from the past or present, or we might choose a current event, a topic that has piqued our interest, or a theme from theology, relationships, politics, or whatever. We will share our experiences and perspectives. We will challenge each other to see things from the point of view of the other. We hope that this conversation will interest and entertain you and encourage you to have more of these conversations with those you love. So welcome to our podcast and please listen in. So last time was our first podcast. This is actually our second and we made it a little bit biographical. So hopefully you know a little bit about where we come from. Today, we wanted to talk about who or what have been the main influences in our lives. We've all been influenced by a variety of people and circumstances, and it can be an interesting excursion to explore what those influences were or are. So I'd like to explore those. So we'd like to explore those with each other just a little bit. We did want to note, as we did last time, that we are both practicing Christians, actively involved in Christian community. So sometimes there may be some, quote, Christianese language. We do want this podcast to be accessible for those who are not Christians, so we will try to minimize our Christianese and or explain it where possible. So with that said, uh, let's get started on the topic of what have been the main influences in our lives. So Sarah, why don't you get us started? Okay, so um, I kind of did a question thing like we did last time. Not not as many questions maybe, but um, one thing that I did think about was um, I feel like I kind of maybe know some of the authors and, and things that have influenced you. So my first question was, what is someone who's influenced you that you think would surprise me that maybe I don't know about? Oh, that's a good question. I, 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 I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to, um, think, think about, about that, that one more. It is, <laughs> yeah, I, it is true. In the last couple of years, I have decided to, uh, in the reading that I do, focused mostly on reading black or female writers, uh, some Hispanic and Asian thrown in there, but mostly black and female. And those, those would be writers that, that you would not know because they're recent to my, um, to my repertoire, so to speak. Uh, but I found that very, very uh, helpful um, just to get another another perspective. Sometimes those other perspectives are quite obvious and explicit, and sometimes they're quite subtle, um, but they do they do make a difference. I, I kind of joke to some people now that I, I really don't 
don't read any old white males anymore. And that's <laughs> almost almost true, except for maybe Wendell Berry. Um, but if I have a choice, I will choose a, a, a woman or an African-American or an African or someone, someone who's not an old white male. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Sarah, can you um, tell me about maybe I know many people have had influence in your life. Um, just mention one of them. It doesn't have to be the one who's had the most influence necessarily, but one that just kind of pops up uh, hmm. immediately. Um, when I think about people, there's kind of a category of people who've influenced my life that I think are really important. And I was actually just talking to a friend about this the other day when we were talking about parenting. Um, and um, I remember a long time ago, mom told me that she knew that, um, that you and her wouldn't always be um, around or be the main influences in terms of, um, you know, like teenagers don't always want to talk to their parents about things or whatever. So she always prayed that I would have other people that I felt comfortable um, being around going to um, and, you know, sort of being influenced by. And I always thought as a parent that that was such a, a meaningful thing and such a selfless thing to do. And I realized looking back over my life that there's this category of people that I've always felt like um, have, I wouldn't call them another set of parents, but that I've always felt very um, safe with, um, you know, to either be at their house or to have conversations with them or to be like welcomed into their life and see how they live. Um, you know, in Nigeria, that would, that would have been like my house parents, um, uncle Mary and aunt, aunt Mary and uncle Jerry. Um, and then like in the Netherlands, um, you know, there were couples that would, that were on the team with us where I always felt like I could, you know, go with them and bring my friends and hang out with them. Um, so Joe, Joe and Deb you know, were, were those people for me. And then in college, um, I think the main influences as a young adult were the people um, who, you know, just invited us, invited college students to be part of their lives, um, to watch them as they um, lived their marriages and lived parenting and, you know, did things like that. So there were quite a few in college who did that. Um, who, who were just so influential on me as I thought about, you know, um, who I wanted to be as a young adult. Um, so I always think about that in terms of my kids. I've, I've kind of always done the same thing with my kids. It's just prayed that they would have people around them that the same way, you know, that I did. Um, Cause I just thought that was a great, a great like philosophy of, of like parenting um, that you want people around you, your kids, especially. Um, so I felt like I always had that. I felt like I, you know, definitely always had that. So that's not like specific people. I mean, I named some names, but I feel like looking back over my life, there's just always been people 
that have um, been present and been um, a major part of like forming, you know, what I thought about and kind of who I became. So, yeah. When I look back on influences, um, I, I kind of think um, there are the people influences, which you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I have some of those too. Right. And then there are the influences, uh, let's say, from books more, more sure. just so the people are the like example influences, right? Uh, uh, where you really impact their lives, and then what you get, let's say, from books or or maybe even sermons or or right. podcasts nowadays, right? More of an intellectual influence. Um, the the people that you just listed, not and again, not so much the specific people, but just the general category. Right. What would be maybe a couple of characteristics that you picked up from them, uh, ways of ways of living that you said, okay, this is this is the way I want to be again, not to name the people, but there are a couple of things that this this is what I want to be. Yeah, well, the main thing would always be um, welcoming and hospitable. So even though. even though I feel like I'm, um, I'm a lot more introverted than people assume I am. The, the kind of like you, you open your house, you know, and you, um, you are, yeah, welcoming and hospitable to people is definitely, you know, a main characteristic. Um, and not in the sense of like entertaining, but more in the sense of like people are kind of like, here and around, you know, type thing. Um, that would be the, the main one, like a lot of listening and relationship more than rules and, um, um, structures, not the word I'm looking for. Um, authority, I guess. Um, I feel like there were two main like parenting influences when I was a young parent. One was like very authority, based and then the other one was more like kind of grace-based and so i definitely wanted to have more of the like grace and relational type of um posture um so i think that and and then i do think um just spiritually i just um i observed people um when they, I'm trying to avoid the Christianese, um, you know, that their, their faith, their spirituality was not just, um, surface level. Um, so it wasn't just a, um, you know, cultural thing or whatever. It was a, um, an authentic part of who they were and how they interacted with the world. Um, so that those would probably be my three, my three main things. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I think um, obviously um, uh, my my parents and the the environment in which I grew up had a huge influence on me, but it was it was it was pretty subtle. I think I think the word authentic that you used would also be true of my my environment when I was growing up in the home. 
that certainly was was very 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 true that the people the adults that I knew um, uh, said what they believed and believed what they said and mm. acted like they believed it. Mm. Uh, whether whether I agreed with what they believed or not was a second thing, but but they believed it and they um, they they acted like they believe it and and their lives uh, it was it was not hypocritical as far as I know and and I'm I'm almost certain that that's that that's uh, the case. Um, integrity, I guess, is a word that I might also mm. use to mm. describe that. Um, then I think uh, a huge formative experience uh, for me, of course, was was my Nigerian experience, where we came into a situation where there were a lot of staff members there who had been there for a long time, uh, decades, mm -hmm. uh, uh, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. It was a period of transition, and people were retiring and leaving who had been there yeah, really for 30 to 40 years. And um, just to see their faithfulness and commitment and the way they gave themselves to the work and to the life and to the sacrifices that it involves was very, very influential on me. I remember uh, one person, a single, um, I probably told you this story, a single lady midwife who left. And I remember at her farewell party, uh, she said, uh, when I came to Nigeria, I asked God to give me 30 years and he gave me 38. Hmm. Uh, hmm. So that was the kind of attitude that um, just, just solid, faithful mm -hmm. commitment to what they believed and what they thought was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, just had a huge... Um, a huge influence on me in my young uh, in my young uh, career. Uh, so that was very, very, very significant uh, for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like a main influence of also kind of um, being connected to something bigger than yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, that was very true. Very true. Connected to something bigger, bigger than that, that was the community. Mm -hmm. And also um, very um, uh, committed to that thing. And, and then not so much focusing on the typical, um, the Dutch, of course, have this phrase, which you'll recognize how she bump you uh, that you, you know, you get your house and you have your little family and you have your car and you have your work and you have your retirement and you have all that stuff. Uh, and that's what the main focus is mm -hmm. in my community. And I think in yours too, to some extent, that was not the focus. The focus was mm -hmm. the commitment in this case to the Christian message. Um, the focus was the commitment to that and how to live, how to live that out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, which had some challenges later on for me in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe that's a discussion what, for another what, day. What challenge? What challenge? Well, well I, yeah, 
I think that that, you know, that was definitely um, always in the atmosphere for me, right? That there was, there was a bigger um, value, you know, there was, there was a bigger kind of sacrifice almost to be made. I think maybe about 10 years or so ago when, um, you know, I just really struggled between the idea of like, um, you know, am, am I, am I living into that enough? You know, what is it enough? Um, and so that, you know, that was always a challenge, um, and a, in a struggle in terms of, um, you know, performance part of that. So while I definitely am so thankful for that influence, um, there's also kind of the, the flip side of that coin where then there was kind of always a performative aspect to it. Um, or transactional, yeah, it, it, you know. It, yeah, it can really go off the rails in the sense of being transactional, performative, but also even it's not performative, it can be um, that you just never can do enough. There just aren't enough yeah. hours in the day and you, and, and, you know, every little ounce of strength that you have where, where you basically cross yourself out of the picture. Exactly. In, right. in the in the light of the of the bigger goal and right. i certainly think that that when i started was a was a was a big a big thing sure and um i think nowadays there's much more um attention paid to um to not doing that to including yourself self in the picture um yeah yeah and, and that, yeah, that would... abilities to go off too of course but <laughs> um, everything in balance right that's that's the issue yeah, but exactly. like again, so going back to the missionary world like i would read these missionary stories and other people would be like isn't this amazing like they were martyrs and sacrificed so much and they never saw their family and i remember even as a kid thinking like that sounds horrible like their poor wife and kids you know and I remember exactly. even thinking then, like, okay, I, I have a different perspective on this, I think. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would, anyway. what would be a couple of authors that were um, yeah. influence, influence uh, had a huge influence on you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a question I have for you, too. So I'll go first. Um, well, one of the main ones that comes to mind, um, who is really, um, really, um, I don't know, I want to say like comforted me and kind of um, helped me in that area of, of self, you know, and, and being in tune more with myself um, is an author called Anne Voskamp. Um, and she wrote her first book was called, um, a thousand gifts. And it was basically just talking. I mean, it seems really simple now. Like it was basically talking about gratitude and how, how God is in, in all the small details, if we notice it. Um, and that at that point in my life was super revolutionary to me because I was in the struggle of you know, am I doing enough? Am I sacrificing enough? If does God, is God really happy with me? Um, so it just really introduced me to like the idea of God just being happy with me, you know, like, like 
life yeah. can just be good and and beautiful. Um, yeah. So she definitely really influenced me. Maybe the distinction between being and doing. Yes, exactly, for sure. And also, I think um, I think now that I look back on it, I I think I I always had kind of like more of a uh, a more kind of mystical bent in terms of like how I wanted to relate to God, like more of like a a feelings uh, not maybe feel, see here, here comes my, <laughs> here it comes. Um, you know, like I, I, I felt like I wanted more of a, yeah, more of a, like a mystic kind of relationship, but my influences before that had been very, uh, cerebral. Um, and so she was like my first, like, she's actually a really great theologian. Um, but also kind of like this mystical experiential feeling of God and not, not looking down on that, not, um, not minimizing that. And so I think that was, that was super, that was just really kind of validating to me like, Oh, you know, you know, desiring that kind of like mystical connection can also, you know, it doesn't have to be like minimized, I guess. So she was she was probably one of one of the main ones that just like pops pops up to mind. Um, Madeline Lingle, her writing has always been um, very very influential um, for me too. Um, I don't even know why specifically. Just she actually wrote a lot of. Again, I guess we're veering into a lot of Christian territory here, but she wrote a lot yep. of. She's a very smart lady. But she also wrote a lot of really good, like, um, uh, like theological, like Bible books. One specifically about Joseph. It's just I thought really, really good. Um, so yeah, she's one that I'll always, if I see one, I'll you know I'll, I'll buy that book if I don't have it already. Um, so those two, you know, more recently for sure. And what are what are yours? I think I know them, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think what you described the movement from cerebral to experiential was also is uh, also been a, a big theme in for me, and um, so it's been the the authors or the or whatever other influences that helped me move in that direction that have been most uh, most influential. Um, the as you know, I'm a pretty big fan of classic rock and that's one of the things that classic rock does for me for some reason mm -hmm. it just it just reaches me deeply mm -hmm. and um you know this i believe but the 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 very first inkling of this kind of a movement was when uh, jesus christ superstar came out because mm. it was the story that i knew cerebrally I, I knew every detail of the story, mm -hmm. but it was uh, number one accompanied by this just wonderful uh, rock music, and then of course the story was um, seen from a different perspective, mm -hmm. a perspective that I'd never, never been exposed to before. I won't go into all the details about mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. um, and those those two things just just moved my world and I, I mean i would have been like 17 
uh, 18, something like that. And, um, and those, that, that, that piece of music, uh, that rock opera just fundamentally changed, um, moved me away from the cerebral into the, into the experiencing. And actually, mm-hmm. uh, every good Friday I sit down and, and, uh, and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. sometimes put it on at other times of the year, but it's a, it's a habit of mine to just, and I, I prefer to be by myself, um, and turn it up of course. And I know <laughs> practically every note and every word, uh, <laughs> And um, a couple of other writers, uh, I'm sure you'll all know who they are, um, but I would say a a very huge influence uh, on me happened, I think, around 1983-1984. We were in Nigeria, and there was a publication made in Southern California. It came out of kind of a radical hippie Jesus people kind of group. And the magazine was called The Wittenberg Door. And The Wittenberg Door, of course, refers to the door of the cathedral upon which Luther nailed his 99 theses on October 31, 1517. And this was basically a satire, a Christian satire um, magazine. Not Hmm. all satire. There were some serious topics in it. But it just poked fun at in all kinds of different ways through through ca- cartoons and articles and tongue in cheek interviews, and uh, I don't even know how I got it because this was in Nigeria, so uh, I I do not remember. I but I still remember holding one of those copies in my hands and reading an article, an interview with an uh, Episcopalian priest by the name of Robert Farr Capon. C-A-P-O-N. And um, he he just had a way of expressing and writing that was just totally different from any any um, anything that I had ever uh, seen before, heard before. Yeah. So for some reason that really that really that really uh, grabbed me and I've I've read almost everything he passed away some years ago everything that he uh, that he has written and then along the way uh, some of them you know um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer also 40 years ago in Nigeria a little green mm. book the cost of discipleship yeah. um um about cheap grace and when Christ calls a man he calls him to die Mm. Um, that had a huge impact upon me. You will know, of course, Walter Wangerin, yeah, uh, who wrote all kinds of stories and and books. Um, one of his high school English teacher, I believe, said that Walter could write the eyes out of a turkey at fifty yards. <laughs> um, especially the story which you know, the Ragman. His yeah. Christmas stuff is really good. Yeah. And then I ran across, of course, Frederick Buechner. Someone actually introduced me to him. Uh, another one of those writers that moves you from the cerebral to the experiential. And um, a little more cerebral is N.T. Wright. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, true. Who's written, I don't know, 60 books, an English theologian, New Testament scholar. 
So those those are primarily, and then the last years, of course, been much much influenced by a couple of um, theologians. Ellen Davis is is one. Um, mm-hmm. um, a fellow by a theologian by the name of Cohn, I forget his first name, African American. Uh, those have been the main the main influences. Yeah, I actually thought of, of of two more that have been really big influences on me in the last, say, you know, six to nine years, and that would be Richard Rohr, um, yep. who's the 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 Dominican monk, or um, yeah. you know, just his his theory of you you start in a box, and then you know you you have to have something come along that takes you out of the box. Um, and then also part of that is kind of through him and through some other things, I got introduced to this personality kind of theory called the Enneagram, um, which yeah. has really influenced me just in knowing myself. Um, I don't, I don't think I was, um, had really been taught to know myself very well. And so the Enneagram was a big tool and a big influence for me on just knowing myself and knowing other people and relating to other people. Um, So those were two definitely other big influences more, more recently. specifically. Why don't we we conclude with this question? Um, Why, why do you, why would you say, let's, let's say there was someone listening who has never, um, thought much about the influences on their on their life mm-hmm. why why is it important to maybe take some time and think about those um i think it's important because um if we don't know who we are and are not aware of of who who we've kind of become to be then it's very difficult to um it's easy to fall into habits of behavior that are not um not serving us well um it's it's easy you know um it's easy to be like well why why do i get angry and frustrated a lot you know, and it's usually has to do with, you know, something to do with how I think about the world, how I think about um, my interactions with people, how I think about God. Um, so I think it's, it's, um, it's good to do just to be aware of, of who we are as people. And, um, and, and then that leads to, um, my my experience has been then the more the more kind of self-awareness i have um the more that i um the more that i notice the way i react to things based on my influences or my you know preconceived ideas um the more i can kind of get out of the negative cycles or the the things that don't serve me as well i think for me that's probably the biggest the biggest thing you know Mainly no related to how I viewed God, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I learned, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years into my adult life was that um, 
some of the things that I have done and do are uh, an opposite reaction to influences that I have or things that happen to me. Sure. So, and I think that's a little bit, maybe a little bit what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my huge example of that is when I uh, was, when I was a kid at home, we Saturday morning was always chore morning. Mm-hmm. And for various reasons, which I won't go into because they're not, they're not relevant. Um, that was always just an awful morning for me. It was just, mm-hmm. just awful. I, I never looked forward to it. It, it almost always went bad for all <laughs> kinds of reasons. And I think without very unconsciously, um, in our home, we never had chore morning. We just never did. I, mm-hmm. I never did it. And I don't think I ever, I realized why we didn't do it until we were 15 years in or something like that. When, when I, I became aware that this was perhaps an, a, a negative reaction. So I wasn't do I was being influenced by my past, but not in the way that right. my past was telling me I should do something good. So I was trying to do something good. It was, it was, it was a, a negative. And of course you can have a negative reaction to good things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's one reason why it's important to think about your influences because it, it can help yeah. you think through why you're doing or not doing things exactly. uh, that, that you do as, as an adult. Um, and I think another thing for me is that um, it just, when you, when you, when you think about your influences and then perhaps if you're ready and comfortable to look for different kinds of influences than, than what you, right. what you've kind of had. Um, because I'm sure we all grow up in a, in a particular, on a particular track of one kind or mm-hmm. another. And, um, and to just say, okay, these are my influences. Um, they've given me this and they've, They've, they've been helpful in this way and they've been not helpful in this way. What other kinds of influences might, might I have, whether that be reading or, or film or, or, um, podcast, we haven't talked about <laughs> podcasts, um, or different, different kinds of people. Um, I know, for example, for me, uh, the huge periods of my working life or significant periods of my working life have been in the secular environment. Mm-hmm. And that has had, I've chosen that pretty deliberately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has a huge influence on me. The volunteer work I do now mm-hmm. is in an environment which is, um, which is almost all female and probably 70% black. Mm-hmm. So that has a huge influence on me. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the encouragement would be to th- to think consciously what has, what does influence me, and where could I where could I strike out in new directions to to deepen my uh, my experience as a human and how I understand and see life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I would say definitely. I agree with all of that. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's wonderful. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say it's funny though that that you told me that about your chore morning because I feel like when we were teenagers, 
that we did definitely have Saturday chore morning. <laughs> oh, really? So I don't know if that was okay. mom's influence. Like we got to get stuff done. <laughs> it, was, it was probably mom. It was probably mom because I, I think I pretty much avoided getting anywhere near something like that. Well, um, it wasn't so much chore morning as it was like, you can't go anywhere else till your chores are done. So, you know, you get it done and then you can go play with yeah. your friends. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thanks, Sarah. This has been, uh, yeah. this has been enjoyable discussion. And uh, I think we've learned a little bit more from each other. And um, if you as a listener have enjoyed this podcast, please give it a, a five-star rating. That helps a lot to spread the word. Right now, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I have not succeeded in getting on Google Podcasts yet. They're asking me for a piece of information that I don't have. So I have to check right. that out. We also have a Facebook page called the Listen Listen In Podcast. If you want to leave a comment or if you have a question, feel free to do so. And if you have a topic you'd like us to chat about in a coming episode, uh, send that our way and perhaps we can uh, pick that up. So thank you for yeah. listening, and we'll look forward to having you join us again next time. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Have a good rest of the day, and you we'll too, uh, catch you another time. All right. Love you, Dad. Love you, too. Bye-bye.